Hey guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. This is season five, episode eight, and this podcast comes out every Monday, hashtag Milana Monday, and consists of three segments. The first one is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and try to offer a new or different perspective. The second one is called BTS, where I recap my past week, including new finds, exciting encounters, and much more. And the last one is called TV Recaps, covering all TV that I watch including scripted series reality tv documentaries and movies um if you are an og listener then you know it usually has three segments and the third one was dropping gems but i actually decided that i'm going to take dropping gems out of my monday's episode and i'm going to release a dropping gems isolated episode uh midweek somewhere wednesday thursday friday i'm not sure yet the reason why i decided to do that is because um it was really hard trying to get guests to kind of book with my recording schedule you know the way that I record is towards the end of the week on a Saturday a Sunday in the evening whenever I have time and I would need to schedule guests to come and kind of sit down on my time and they have to go through the entire episode before we get to their segment they have to talk about you know all the things that are going on and talk worthy and it just wasn't really working for um, the vision that I had so I decided that I'm going to separate dropping gems so um Monday's episodes will only be talk-worthy, recapping, you know, anything crazy that happened in the media, and then obviously my BTS, recapping my past week, and then all TV, and then midweek somewhere, I'll drop a Dropping Gems um, episode. Sometimes it'll be a solo episode where I pick a topic of the week, and I cover it, give my opinion, my perspective, um, and other times it will have a guest. It's just better for me and how I want to move forward with this podcast, so... This is the first week that we're doing it. I will drop a midweek uh, dropping gem segment episode this week. So if you're listening to me a podcast app, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review, guys. It really, really helps and it really matters. And as a reminder, there's a visual to this. Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana and follow me on Instagram at starring Milana. In this week's episode, we are talking about corporate exodus, an investigation on TikTok and all things housewives. All right, guys, let's get straight into Talkworthy. Um, the first thing that I'm going to talk about uh, kind of includes all of us in one way or another. It's about TikToks. According to the LA Times, a nationwide investigation will explore the risks that the wildly popular short-form video app TikTok poses to children. California Attorney General Rob Bonta announced on Wednesday. Among the issues, the investigation will focus on how the company has sought to increase the duration and frequency of use of its apps by young people, the extent to which the company is aware of any harm it may be causing those users, and whether it's violating consumer protection laws. Our children are growing up in the age of social media and many feel like they need to measure up to the filtered versions of reality that they see on their screens, Bonta said in a statement. We know this takes a devastating toll on children's mental health and well-being, but we don't know how or what social media companies knew about these harms and when. Our nationwide investigation will allow us to get much-needed answers and determine if TikTok is violating the law in promoting its platform to young Californians, he said. Responding to the investigation, TikTok spokesperson told the Times that the company cares deeply about building an experience that helps to protect and support the well-being of our community, adding that the company limits certain platform features by age and invests in ways for users to enjoy content based on age appropriateness or family comfort. So... Okay, so 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 TikTok isn't the only social media app that the California Attorney General is looking <clears throat> into. Bonta also started an investigation into Instagram and on its use of boosting engagement and how it affects the user's mental health. But this investigation happened because 
I guess Meta, the company that um, owns Facebook and Instagram, was originally looking into creating a kids' version of the Instagram app um, so that it's like a little less harmful, but they kind of stopped. So when they stopped, Bonta decided to um, look into um, Instagram and is now looking into TikTok. I'm just really glad that I grew up in the AIM, AOL Instant Messenger era, like all we had was our AIM followers, like friends, um, and our username. We had a little icon that you changed every once in a while, depending on, you know, if you wanted to show your favorite cartoon character, you wanted to show your face, you wanted to show this, that, whatever it was. You had an away message, um, which was usually song lyrics or like if you tried to be cool and discreet and like bye or like night or like something like that. But that was it, you know, and then MySpace obviously started coming in and was getting a little more dangerous because it's like now you can meet strangers you know you weren't just like meeting people off AIM like randomly you were getting people's usernames but now you can meet strangers it was getting a little more like it was becoming more of a popularity contest what kind of pictures can you post like the beginnings of like you know um Instagram you know there was like a Zanga and Zanga Zanda Zanga I don't remember but it was like a kind of like a Tumblr blog kind of style where you can also post pictures and read other people's like weekend recaps and stuff but really like myspace and then facebook and i'm just glad that we i (laughs) grew up in the beginning of those times just simpler times i didn't feel necessarily like that pressure you know i wanted to take better pictures and have different photos and like um always make my life look like it was fun i mean that was like the beginning of instagram right so i'm like on myspace just posting my little albums um on like the on the actual page and then it just this is like the beginnings of Instagram but I still didn't feel that like pressure to like filter or look this way or photoshop or whatever it is that kids are doing nowadays um and I can't even imagine having to explain to my child the harmful effects of social media the need and want you know to look like certain celebrities or other kids who are maybe filtering their photos or you know maybe just having access to celebrities and having access to even just like normal people but these normal people look a certain way they act a certain way they have a different lifestyle and feeling that pressure um as a child I can't imagine having to like sit there and explain this to my kids but I guess we're all gonna have to that's just our reality um or even trying to protect them not only from like the outside world and like strangers like before it was like oh don't take candy from strangers now it's like don't accept a stranger's friend request like it's crazy the conversations that we have to have with our kids but with that being said I actually think that TikTok is doing a pretty good job managing their underage use um I did some research and first of all that you have to be 13 or older to have an account and obviously like you can kind of get away with that um and you can and I'll not get into that like if your parents are like my parents who are you know were immigrant parents they were working they're, they're just kind of focusing on getting food on the table and making money and learning English and whatever, you're not going to, um, your parents aren't going to really manage what you're doing on social media. Now, if you are a parent who is kind of on top of what your kids are doing, then, you know, you might have some like parental controls um, line set up on their phones or on their smart devices so that if they download an app and it is like supposed to be for 13 and older, it will get, they will need your approval to even download the app. So with that being said, like, yeah, sure. Like then your kids are only using the 13 um, years old, 13 to 18 years old features, but what's going to stop them from actually after making an account, going and changing that account to um, maybe making a new one to an older age and saying that their birthday was like on another day or something like that, another year, sorry. So 
Anyway, let me just get into some of their privacy settings because I think compared to a lot of social media apps, it's, prob it's pretty good. So um, like I said, you have to be 13 or older to have an account. I think if you are 13 to 15 years old, your account will be automatically set to private when you create an account and then you would have to go in and change that. But um, if you create an account for your kids between those ages, they're usually set to private. And, and if you are between the 13 to 15 years range or the 13 plus range, people can't share your content. Only people who are your friends can comment um, and you, they can't download um, your videos and they can't do duets. So that's good to know. And then if you're 16 to 17, you have some restrictions too, which include only being able to do duets with friends and having the option of disallowing your video from being downloaded. So you have the option uh, versus when you're 13 to 15 account, you don't even, it's not even allowed. Other changes include restrictions on obviously direct messaging and the ability to go live, which I think is great. Um, there you have a feature called the digital well-being feature and it sets screen time um, and allows parents to put a, put, uh, a time set for how long they can use their um, TikToks and also restricts inappropriate content. Best um, restriction I think that they have is the family pairing where you can link your account to your kid's account and you can see all the comments, direct messages, alerts that they get, who they follow, um, and you get a notification if any of the settings have been changed, which I think is like great. That's like so up my, you know, alley, me and my like stalking of my children I, I don't have any yet but I can imagine myself being like oh let me see what you're doing um you know there's always suggestive themes clothing music etc and not everything is going to be flagged inappropriate so your kids it might slip through the cracks your kids might see some of these things you know just because they're deemed 13 plus content or 16 plus content like how how does TikTok really really uh follow up with that how are they checking in to see if somebody put that they're 20 years old but they're really 13 it's really hard to tell but I think that they're doing the best that they can being a social media app and being a digital app like they are not a bouncer at a club checking your ID you know person to person making sure you're 21 and over and even then that slips through the craps people have fake IDs people pay the bouncers so it's like I think they have a lot of things in place they can only control what they can control you know so at the end of the day they are a business um but yeah, but you know what the funniest thing to me about all of this is? The country that literally created TikTok, being China, is one of the few countries that has actually banned this app due to the increased promotion of inappropriate content. How the fuck is that possible? It's like China, India, Bangladesh, Pakistan. I mean, it's crazy. And instead, China has a um, twin app. It's called, I think pronounced Duin, which was also developed by the same company that developed TikTok, but it features restrictions such as blocks on international content and limits on children's usage. So I think that's really cool. The next thing I want to talk about is, uh, of course, uh, if the headlines coming out of Florida weren't bad enough, now we have uh, something about Ron DeSantis bullying kids. And if you don't know, that's the governor of Florida. According to WFLA, in a video that has been viewed millions of times, Governor Ron DeSantis asked a group of Hillsborough County High School students to remove their masks during his press conference at USF Wednesday morning on new state funding for cybersecurity education. He said to them, you do not have to wear those masks, Governor DeSantis said. I mean, please take them off. Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we've got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is ridiculous. So I actually watched the video myself. Um, these are minors, okay? They have parents who tell them what to do. Ron, you are not their parent, and I think it's so fucking inappropriate that he's asserting his power and essentially going against what their parents are telling them to do 
or even if they decide to do it themselves, making them take off their mask. And it's not like when he was saying it, he was like looking away or talking in the mic. He turned around and they were standing behind them in close proximity. And he's telling them like the COVID theater, this is all like a charade, basically take off your masks. It was very like kind of condescending. And these are kids. So it's like, if you're going to have an adult standing there, especially one that's like in power telling you to take off your mask, it's kind of like intimidating, you know? And, um, I'm not making a big deal out of this. I feel like the kids felt the same way. The parents of the seven kids, one of the parents of the seven kids who stood behind them in the video, they were kind of upset. One said he needs to stop bullying kids. The other one said that um, she had told her son to wear the mask at school and was upset that he turned around and told the kid not to. Um, and I feel like this is actually going to happen a lot. So I wanted to talk about this. I went to the nail salon the other day and I walk in with my mask and nobody has a mask on. And I was shocked I'm like what is going on here like literally no one has a mask on and I guess the mandates are kicking in and everyone's masks are coming off and people are living their lives so I sat down in my seat people were staring at me when I walked in with a mask on I'm like what the fuck and I sat down and I took my mask off because I was then behind the sneeze guard with a screen whatever you want to call it um I'm tired of the masks too, just like everyone else, but we have to kind of respect people's decisions and like not look at them weird or make a comment if they decide to wear a mask where if you're somewhere where you no longer have to. Um, I think this country is like divisive enough and the last thing we need is for us to create more division by you know fighting about when you can or cannot or should or should not wear a mask like I've always been a little extra on like the cleansiness of things like when I would get into an airplane I always had my wet wipes I wiped my seat down I wiped my the handles down I wiped the um, tray down wiped the screen down because it's you know they touch it I always drank my emergency powder before the flight even took off and I would wear a hood and I would kind of cover my face slightly because like I know there's germs circulating and I did this before COVID and people always thought I was weird but I never got sick when I traveled everyone else I know always got sick every time they traveled but I really was careful and people thought I was weird and I'm like you know what I'm good I'm not gonna get sick but um I think that we need to be mindful of like this time that we're in where we're kind of coming out of COVID we're just as confused during this time than we were when we were going into COVID we were so confused about what the fuck it was how to manage it how to navigate it and now we're coming out of it and we have some counties and some cities that are telling you to take it off we have some that are saying no we have some you know restaurants that are saying wear a mask when you go to the bathroom we have some that are saying like please take it off like so we're just kind of like in this weird place where we're trying to transition out of COVID um hopefully this is the last time we're doing this but transitioning out of COVID and people don't really know how to navigate it and I think the best thing that we can do as a society is just respect individual desires and decisions of how to kind of deal with this transition the last thing I want to talk about is an update on the Russia-Ukraine war. A lot is coming out every single day, so you know there's not, I can't cover all of it. And um, one of the things that I did find really, really interesting is the exodus, which is the Western businesses pulling out of Russia. According to CNN, a growing number of international companies, including Apple, Disney, and Ford, are dialing back operations in Russia over its invasion in Ukraine. On Tuesday, Exxon announced it, was, it would quit its last Russian project, while Boeing said that it had suspended major operations in Moscow, other global en energy players, include BP and Shell, have similarly moved to distance themselves, and entertainment studios like Disney and CNN's parent company Warner Media have stopped releasing films in the country. So you guys, I'm going to read some of this because the list of the pullout is crazy. So we have FIFA um, suspended Russia's soccer team, obviously. Then we have 
the auto industry of Toyota and Volkswagen. They'll stop making cars there. And Ford Solars, which is a joint company with Russia, is stopping operations. And that's about 4,000 employees. going to affect 4,000 employees. Boeing and Airbus, um, they're stopping support services to Russian airlines, which means like support with parts and maintenance. And then we have Apple. They stopped selling its products and limiting access to the Apple Pay uh, feature on the iPhone. Um, stopped selling its products, meaning they're closing down stores. Again, that's going to um, affect the employees. Then we have Facebook, Meta, Twitter, and TikTok blocking access to Russian news outlets. And then we have Netflix, and they're not airing any Russian state TV channels. And then Spotify closed its office in Russia and restricted shows, shows owned by Russian state-affiliated media. Google and YouTube blocked Russian state media and they're um, not allowing them to run ads or monetize their content. We have Intel and Microsoft. They stopped all shipments of sales of products. Airbnb suspending all operations in Russia and Belarus. And then we have the big, guy, the big guys. We have BP, Equinor, Exxon, Shell, Total Energy. They're just they're suspending their joint oil ventures. And then um, Norway's Sovereign Wealth Fund, which contains about $1.3 million, million in funds, is divesting shares in Russian companies. We have MasterCard and Visa. They're suspending its operations out there. And then we have um, some retailers. We have H&M. They're closing their stores. And they have about over 168 stores in Russia. IKEA is closing 17 stores. That's about 15,000 um, workers that will be affected. Puma, they're suspending operations. And they have over 100 stores. And Nike is also going to close their stores temporarily. Then their shipping companies are going to pause the cargo bookings to Russia. So, wow, guys. These companies are losing a lot of money by closing down these stores. I mean, imagine like over 168 H&M stores, 17 IKEA stores that, that affects 15,000 workers. They are losing money. They are actually going to lose money. But whether these are like moral decisions um, to support Ukraine or, you know, that's up for debate. I don't know. But they for sure don't want to be associated with Russia and what they're doing right now. Um, and I do, I, I was kind of conflicted when I was hearing all of this because I feel like I feel really bad because it's really affecting the population, the citizens of Russia, people that have nothing to do with the war. You know, it's like we keep seeing people say the Russia-Ukraine war and people are correcting it and saying like, no, it's the Putin and Ukraine war because the Russians, like the Russian citizens don't want this war. Um, but, you know, it's really going to affect the everyday person in Russia. There's a lot of people who are going to be laid off. There's a lot of people who uh, are not going to be able to use their credit cards, there's a lot of people who, um, there's a, their day-to-day -day is going to be affected somehow, they're not going to be able to view certain things, just like the comfort of their lives will be affected somehow, and, you know, the government is really going to have to answer for that, and I feel kind of bad, but I do understand why this, like, corporate exodus is happening, I think that the best way to, to, really try to show your um, disapproval of what you're with this of what Russia's doing is to really kind of hit them where it hurts which is their money you know um, and their their people and the hope I think is maybe the people will rebel and revolt against the government but I'm not sure that that's going to happen I just know how things are and how things go in Russia when you try to you know, say anything bad about um, anyone in power. So I don't know uh, directly how it's going to be affected, but I think that 
they all these companies are taking the first steps to really get there and that's all for Talkworthy let's get to BTS not much has been happening this week just been working and kind of crazy but um I have to say something I you know I google everything I literally live on google and I type in google and um you know I have to say this google we like you because you don't change but you know every once in a while you change your banner you change based on the holiday or the theme or whatever you have going on you change it every once in a while but now they moved the menu bar over to the right hand side and it's like they only show you like images something else and then there's a drop down menu I don't like that we don't like that we we like the easy way that Google used to be where you just type it in and it's images is right there you search it and you just go this is like really inconvenient I don't know if I'm the only one that noticed it but for me it's just like I don't like change. Maybe I just don't like change. I'm just not a fan of this new feature. Um, another thing I want to talk about is Lent. So it's been kind of hard navigating Lent by like going out and eating with people. Like not only do I not eat meat, but now give it bread and rice. So I'm like kind of limited on like what I can eat and like the meals that I've been sharing, but I've been doing pretty good. I went to Joey um, for lunch with my friend Diana, my sister, and my cousin Alex. And we had lunch and I'm like, okay, let me get this hand roll, but like no rice, but like wrap with soy paper. It was a little bit like, it was just different. But I think that if I can really get through this Lent and like ease off on the carbs, I think that this can be like a new lifestyle change for me because it really wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't as filling and it wasn't as delicious, but the food wasn't bad, you know? Um, yeah, I think that's all for um, my last week's recap. Let's get into TV. I did finish Love is Blind, but I didn't watch the reunion. So I'm going to recap next week with the season finale and the reunion all in one. I'll discuss the weddings and everything. Um, but I want to talk about um, The Bachelor and Euphoria before I do my my little um, Housewives uh, drop. So The Bachelor. Um I'm obviously doing this episode before Monday night's episode, which will be the fantasy suites, and it looks crazy. The last episode I've watched is the hometowns, and I was really surprised that Serene went home. Um, I thought that Gabby was going to go home. I just didn't see, like, the connection between them. It just felt, like, more friendly. It didn't feel like they were like into each other like that. I'm really surprised that um, Serene was the one that went home. Uh, but I did enjoy meeting all of their families. I thought that the dates were really mediocre, but um, the families were really interesting. So I'm excited to see. Now we're getting close to like this crazy kind of ending of like who he picks. We keep seeing these like little trailers and they all look bizarre. So I'm excited for The Bachelor. Um, Euphoria. So I watched the season finale and... I loved the play. Again, I talked about it last week. Go back and listen. I really enjoyed this play. I really think they need to take it on Broadway. I think it was really, really good. Um, and I'm being really hopeful for Rue. I just want her to be sober for at least one season. Like, if she could not stress this out for one season, that would be wonderful. She needs a break, and I really need a break. Um, and then Nate turning in his dad was just like a pivotal moment in the show it kind of like as if it was like he him turning his dad in was kind of like justice for everything that Nate's also done in his life like this is like his way of releasing all of the bad things that he's done and like this bad side of him by like turning in his dad and like that's kind of his like karma I can't explain it but that's kind of what I felt um and Ashtray, it's kind of unclear if he died. I'm assuming he did, but like there's speculation that he might just end up like in the hospital. I don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully he's not dead. But um, 
that was really hard to watch and Fesco having to watch it too. But um, I don't think he's going to go to jail because now or prison because, you know, it's I think maybe they'll know that Ashtray is the one that did it. And then speaking of um, that scene, Custer. Wow. Um, I can't believe that Faye basically turned on her boyfriend. You know, it was kind of like cool of her, but kind of not. I can't explain it. It's like she felt this connection but also this like like she owed like fez this because he's been so nice and like took care of her felt like she owed him this and so she did it and she just didn't want to see him get in trouble and she just told him like she basically ratted out custer and ended up he ended up dying so that was kind of wild but i really enjoyed euphoria as dark as it was but let's get into some light at least light for me real housewives of miami reunion part one you guys i'm so happy I'm so happy with this franchise. I really am. I'm excited and I really want them back on Bravo. But um, I was surprised first by the seating arrangement, how Julia got to sit next to Andy on the other side. It, I guess it makes sense because at first I thought she'd be Alexia and Larsa, but if Alexia and Larsa are on the same side, then someone else would have to be on the other side. And of the other side, it makes the most sense that it's Julia. Um, and I think that watching this reunion, I realized that since the original seasons and even this one, Lisa is still my favorite. She was then and she is now. Um, I can't believe Idrani came on here still saying the same shit about the Kardashians. I feel like she's trying to get like a, a, a hot clip of her saying it and thinking she's going to go viral. I don't know what's going on with her, but I just, I'm not really a fan of seeing her on my screen, but you know what? She, we need her there for the drama. Um, I think that Julia and Nicole are really reaching when Larsa about Larsa with this um, wedlock comment. So this is how I feel about it. I don't think that Larsa is actually judging them for having children out of wedlock. I think she used it as an example to explain her point when she's like, don't judge me for being on OnlyFans. I don't judge you for having kids out of wedlock. And I think what she means by that is OnlyFans goes against everything you guys believe. Marrying says having a kid out of wedlock goes against everything that I believe. I'm not judging you against what I believe, so don't judge me on what you believe. That's what I think she was trying to say. I think this is the same thing that happened and last season of New um, New Jersey Housewives where Teresa was like saying this stuff about Jackie and the affair and Jackie's like, don't talk about my family. How would you feel if I said uh, about a rumor that's not true? How would you feel if I started a rumor about one of your daughters, Gia, doing coke in the bathroom and just started a rumor out of nowhere? It's not true, but it's going to carry the weight. And Teresa got so mad, but it's like, no, she's not saying that it's true. All she's saying is she's trying to give you a comparison so you can understand the impact of what you're saying. So I think it went over everyone's head, but um, I understand what Larsa was trying to get at. The most fascinating thing that came out of this reunion, and I don't understand why I didn't really do more digging during the season, is about Julia's um, son and her ex-partner. So, uh, spoiler alerts, if you didn't watch it, Julia is uh, now a lesbian married to Martina. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. She's a famous, famous tennis player. Julia's, Julia's Russian. She's married to this um, tennis player. Before before her having her two daughters with um, other men, Julia had gave birth to a son and with the, with another guy. And when the son was ten months old, a nanny sh uh, shook him and he died due to like baby shake shaken baby syndrome, I think. And um, the man that she had the baby with, I didn't know they didn't mention it on the actual show, but they did it on the reunion it was Edward Stern, and he is the guy who was like a famous banker from. Um, 
I don't know where, uh, he's a famous banker and from Europe and um, he was found dead wrapped in latex and shot four times by his lover Cecile Brozard and I guess it was um, like during like sex their sexual activities that they do I, I'm not sure but and movies come out about this, and articles come out about this, and documentaries come out about this, and I had no idea that this was the man that Julia had her son with, and that Julia met this woman, Cecilia Brozard, the one that, that murdered him. She met her a few, a year or two or something prior to that, um, because Julia asked to, because Cecile asked to speak to Julia about Edward. So this is really crazy. Miami is just full of surprises. Um, the next one I want to talk about is the latest episode of Real Housewives of New Jersey. And I just still, I'm still cannot get with this Jennifer thing. You guys know I'm always going to be Team Gorga. And when she starts going on to Melissa about all the problems she has with Melissa, and then she calls Joe, who is like an angel of a husband, she calls Joe a little bitch boy or little bitch girl I was just like oh hell no imagine somebody called your husband a little bitch boy or a little bitch girl whatever she called him in front of you and in front of a room full of women and men like grown-ups it is so disrespectful and Joe sat there you can see his face is like red and you can see he doesn't want to be disrespectful and like cuss her out um so Melissa had to get up and you know turn up a little real quick and I am just confused at how Teresa doesn't say anything to Jennifer, doesn't get mad at her, doesn't get mad at her for calling her little brother a little bitch boy, disrespecting her little brother. But had anyone ever said anything about Teresa, God forbid Joe didn't stand up for her. It's like World War Three. She's just wrong every time. I don't know anyone who's more wrong than Teresa. Um, I'm going to leave that there. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We started with the reunions and like I've been waiting for this. It's really painful to watch because I feel like Lisa is about to get her like head blown off by these women nobody besides Jenny could stand her and it's really unfortunate but she dug herself in this hole um Mary not showing up is really disappointing I feel like she's running away from the truth it makes her look really bad um but I think that she knew she was going to get eaten out alive now I want to talk about Meredith she's getting asked all the questions that Mary should have been asked but now they're kind of like Mary's not there so they're going to ask Meredith they're sitting here asking her um why didn't you say anything when Mary said this like rude comment or this like racist comment or this or that now I'm the first person in a group full of people to correct someone on their like disrespectful behavior or like a comment that they made I'm the first person to say something because I feel like if you don't say something you're honestly part of the problem so I understand why they're asking her these questions but at the same time when you're in the moment, you're kind of shocked when someone says something like outrageous or crazy and you just like don't know how to react. And also, Meredith is right. She's not Mary's keeper. Mary is an adult woman and Meredith doesn't need to answer for all of Mary's inappropriate comments and decisions. Now, I really tried to like Lisa, but there's something about her that reminds me of one of my aunts that I'm just not very fond of and I just can't unsee it and I can't get with her program there's clearly something wrong when you constantly lose friends when you fuck up your friendships with 10 and 20 years there's something wrong with you and the way that you navigate your friendships so yeah um I'm just excited to see what's to come because I really feel like they need to Andy needs to grill Jen Shaw because I feel like she skated through the season they like these are horrible allegations atrocious allegations against her and nobody is pressing her um and that's about it. I um, didn't really watch Real Housewives of OC. I know that Jen and her husband are, Dr. Jen and her husband are at dinner with um, 
the Dubros and I really need to see what that's about um, and then I'll have more to say about that but that's all I have this week guys um, happy again Monday I hope you guys have a wonderful week as a reminder March 8th is International Women's Day so tell all the women in your life how special amazing lovely smart beautiful um, and one of a kind they are I hope that you guys have an amazing week um, thank you so much for listening make sure to subscribe leave a rating a review and follow me on Instagram at Starring Milana and I'll be back next week